بسم اللہ الرحمن الرحیم نحمد نسلی اللہ رسول الکریم اما بعد الحمد للہ ٹنائٹ از دا ٹوینٹی سیکنڈ آف مارچ ان دا ایئر ٹو تھاؤزنڈ اینڈ ٹوینٹی تھری مور So all praise and thanks be to Almighty Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala who has allowed us to grace another one of the blessed holy months. Amen. And may Allah ta'ala have mercy upon those who did not decree to be so. Amen. And we've reached the blessed Surah Al-Ma'idah. So before going through the commentary, there's a few reports. In Imam Ahmad in his Musnad, Ma'rifu al-Qur'an, Abdullah ibn Umar radiyallahu anhumah, he said, Surah Al-Ma'idah was revealed to the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam whilst in travel riding the she-camel al-Adba. So in this authentic report, the blessed son of Umar radiyallahu anhumah said that this surah was revealed to the Prophet when he was on his camel, the famous she-camel Adba. In another report, in Ruh al-Ma'ani, Ma'rif al-Qur'an, volume 3, page 20, it mentions, Our beloved messenger, he said, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, Surah Al-Ma'idah is from what has been revealed towards the last stage of the revelation of the Qur'an. Those take what has been made halal therein as halal. forever and take what has been made haram therein as haram forever so here the prophet himself explains that this is one of the last surahs to be revealed and nothing from it has been abrogated meaning the lawful and the unlawful are cleared in this surah in another report it mentions in imam ahmad in his musnad 6-455 abu nu'im ibn kathir sira volume 1 page 308 of the English translation. Sayyidina Asma bint Yazid radiyallahu said, I was holding the reins of Al-Adba, the camel of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, when the whole Surah Al-Ma'idah was revealed to him. The camel's back almost gave way beneath the weight of it. And in another wording, the camel's leg was bruised. So in this authentic report, Asma bint Yazid radiyallahu explained the impact of the revelation on the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa that the camel he was riding upon was forced to kneel. And the other interpretation, the leg of the camel was bruised due to the revelation being revealed. In another report, in Imam Ahmad in his Musnad number 6643, Ibn Kathir Sira volume 1 page 308, Hassan Lighayri, Abdullah ibn Amr radiyallahu he said, Surah Al-Ma'idah was revealed to Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam whilst he was riding his camel. It could not carry him, so he dismounted. Sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. So here an addition is mentioned. The Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, the, the stress of the revelation was too great for the camel. So the Prophet actually got off the camel. Said Abdullah ibn Amr to give ease to the camel. But note, the revelation was still descending upon the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. So now, if you look at these reports, they seem to indicate it was revealed all at once. But there's a ikhtilaf, there's a report. 
in Bahar al-Muhit Marif al-Quran, Ibn Hayyan, Rahmatullah, he said, some portions of Surah al-Ma'idah were revealed during the journey of Hudaybiyah. Some during the journey of the conquest of Makkah and still others during the journey of the last Hajj. So here was fascinating. According to some of the authorities, the Prophet was heading towards Makkah on all these three scenarios. Yeah. Treaty of Hudaybiyah, he was in Ihram, but he was prevented from doing the Umrah. The conquest of Makkah, obviously, and the last Hajj. According to some of the Salaf, during those three instances, this surah was revealed. So there seems to be an ikhtilaf. But if you take the hadith literally, it was revealed all at once. In another report it mentions, this is in Ahmad in his Musnad 6-188, Hakim in his Mustadrak states Sahih to the criteria of Bukhari and Muslim, Ibn Kathir's tafsir Marif al-Quran. Sa'id ibn Jabir, rahmatullah he relates. Our mother Sayyida Aisha asked, do you read Surah Al-Ma'idah, O Sa'id? I said, yes. Aisha radiyallaka then said, this is the last surah of the Quran. The injunctions about things halal and haram in it are muhkam, i.e. established meaning. The probability of any abrogation does not exist here. Hence, be especially particular about them. So here our mother, Sayyida Aisha radiyallahu told one of the great followers who was martyred by Hajjaj bin Yusuf, Sayyid bin Jubair, that this surah was one of the last, if not the last to be revealed. And you should know this surah, be well acquainted because nothing of it has been abrogated. In another report, in Abu Dawood, number 1618, Tirmadi, number 3074, Hassan Gharib ibn Kathir's tafsir, Abdullah ibn Amr said, the last surahs to be revealed were Surah Al-Ma'idah and Surah Al-Fatih, i.e. Surah 48. So according to the great Sayyidina Abdullah ibn Amr, the great worshipper, he said, the last surahs were this surah and Surah Al-Fatih, i.e. 48. So now for the male folk, this surah is very important because there's a report. In Behaki in Shu'ab al-Iman, number 2428 or 2-469, Imam Suyuti in his Jami al-Saghir, Sa'id ibn Mansur in his Sunan and his Mursal. Mujahid rahmatullahi he relates that the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he said, teach your men Surah Al-Ma'idah and teach your women Surah An-Nur. Teach your men Surah Al-Ma'idah and teach your women Surah An-Nur. So in this report, it mentions that for the male folk, this Surah is very important. And Surah Nur, which discusses the female injunctions, are more important for the females. So not we should be very acquainted with this blessed Surah. So after mentioning these reports, we can now turn to the verse at hand. So inshallah, we're going to go through half of the first verse. So the verse translates, Rahim. O you who believe, fulfill all obligations. Lawful unto you are all four-footed animals with the exceptions named. So here there's a few reports. First of all, there's a hadith. The hadith is in Nasai Abu Dawood in his Marasil, Behaki Ibn Kathir Sira, volume 4, page 103 of the English translation. 
Abu Bakr ibn Muhammad ibn Amr ibn Hazm, he relates, Rahmatullah The following is the letter we have that Rasulullah wrote for our grandfather, Amr ibn Hazm, when he sent him to Yemen to give him religious instructions to its people to teach them the Sunnah. So, what's happening? So, there was a companion called Amr ibn Hazm, radiyallahu he was sent by the Prophet with a letter to instruct the people of Yemen. The Prophet had written, he wrote on that letter, Bismillah ar-Rahman rahim This is a document from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and his messenger, sallallahu alayhi wa Then he recited the beginning of verse 1. Ya ayyuhal amanu awfu bil-uqood O you who believe, fulfill your obligations. This represents a commission from Rasulullah to Amr ibn Hazm upon his being sent to Yemen. He shall treat them with liberality in matters relating to good, but with severity in cases of injustice. For Allah the Almighty prescribed and forbade injustice when he said, and the Prophet recited, Surah 11, verse 18. Surah 11, verse 18 and 19. So he recited, Surah Allah la'anatullahi ala zalimeen alladheena yasudduna an sabilillah The curse of Allah is on those who oppress those who would hinder from the path of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala So let's look at this So Ahmad ibn Hazm has been sent to Yemen to instruct the people to Islam and the letter he was reading out to the people in Yemen and what was mentioned in that blessed letter Allah Ta'ala mentioned in that letter this part of the verse, fulfill your obligations. So it was interesting. These are just embraced Islam, the people of Yemen. Allah Ta'ala told them this, fulfill your obligations. And then the Prophet in the letter, he had instructed that my messenger, Amr ibn Hazm, will be very liberal with you in good. But if you oppress, he will be very severe. And the reason was because of that verse. Allah Ta'ala curses the oppressors. And the letter is quite long. But what's mentioned in the letter? Taqwa. The blessed letter exhorted towards taqwa. Towards the Quran. Towards not oppressing. Towards paradise. Preventing one from hell. Calling to good manners. Hajj. Umrah. Salah. The Jahiliyyah rejection. Asabiyah's rejection. Purity, zakat, spoils, and jizya. So just from the subjects, you realize it was an extensive letter. But this is what was mentioned in that blessed letter. The reason I mentioned this report is because within it, at the beginning, this verse is recited. <laughs> all you who believe, fulfill all obligations. So now what are the obligations being referred to? So in Ibn Abi Hatim and Ibn Kathir's tafsir, a man came to Abdullah ibn Mas'ud and said, Please advise me. He said, When you hear, Ya ayyuhalladina amanu, O you who believe, pay full attention. For it is a righteous matter that he subhanahu wa ta'ala is ordaining or an evil thing he is forbidding. So let's look at this. So somebody asked the great Abdullah ibn Mas'ud who give me advice. And he said, whenever you hear this famous phrase in the Quran, O you who believe, 
You just pay full attention because Allah Ta'ala is guiding you to something very important. In another report, in Ibn Kathir's tafsir, Khaytama said, everything in the Quran that mentions, Ya ayyuhalladheena amanu, it reads in the Torah, O you who are in need. So according to Khaytama, when Allah the Almighty and Glorious says, O you who believe, the meaning in the Torah is, O you who are in need. Very interesting. Meaning Allah Ta'ala knows you're in need, He's giving you something to, to uh, fulfill your need. Ibn Kathir then said, <coughs> Ibn Abbas and many others of the Salaf, they recited this verse, Awfu bil uqud, fulfill your obligations. They said it means treaties. It means treaties. Ibn Jarir mentioned there is a consensus on this. Ibn Jarir also said it means treaties such as alliances that they used to conduct. So according to the consensus of the Salaf, when Allah Ta'ala says fulfill your obligations, it means whatever you've promised in writing, fulfill it. Whether it's treaties or anything of that nature. Then the verse continues. Lawful unto you are all Bahima with the exceptions named. So what does that mean? So first of all, what is Bahima? So Imam Qurtubi in his Tafsir, volume 6, page 4 of the New English Translation, he mentions, the noun Bahima means all animals with four legs. They are called that because they are unable to speak or understand. They cannot discriminate and they lack intelligence. Then he goes into the etymology. A door which is mubham is locked. Bahim describes a black knight. Buhma describes a hero who does not know from which direction he will be attacked. So this is the beauty of the Arabic language. Allah Ta'ala is calling the animals Bahima. So that's a very strange word. What does that mean? It means animals with four legs. But the deeper, proper understanding is because they can't discriminate. Because they can't speak and understand. You can't communicate. And if you look at the etymology, you see the meaning. Mubham. Rude word. It means locked. A door that is locked. Bahim. Black knight. You can hardly see. Buhma, a hero who doesn't know which way he's going to be attacked from. So note, Allah Ta'ala uses that choicest word here for the animals, i.e. the Bahima. So now, Ibn Kathir, rahmatullah, he mentions in his tafsir, that Allah Ta'ala says, Ohillat lakum bahimatul an'am. Halal for you are all Bahima. So then he explained, Hassan al-Basri, Qatada and others, Rahimahumullah said, it refers to camels, cows, sheep, goats. It refers to camels, cows, sheep, goats. This is in Ibn Jarir and Ibn Kathir's tafsir. So Allah Ta'ala says, lawful for you are the bahima. So camels, cows, sheep and goats are lawful. Ibn Kathir then said, in Ibn Jarir and Ibn Kathir's tafsir, we should mention that Abdullah Ibn Umar, Abdullah Ibn Abbas and others, they relied on this verse as evidence to allow eating the meat of the fetus if it is found dead in the belly of its slaughtered mother. So if the, if the mother is pregnant with a fetus and you slaughter the mother, is that 
baby, unborn baby lawful? And the answer is yes. And Ibn Umar Ibn Abbas recited this verse to prove it. Allah Ta'ala was there lawful. He knows whether they're pregnant, but he didn't mention any category. So that proves that even a unborn child is lawful to eat. Then he quotes a hadith. Abu Sa'id al-Khudri, he relates, We asked Ya Rasulullah, when we slaughter a camel, cow or sheep, we sometimes find a fetus in its belly. Should we discard it or can we eat the meat? He said, Eat if you want, because its slaughter was fulfilled when its mother was slaughtered. This is recorded in Abu Dawood, Ibn Tirmidhi, who states Hassan, Ibn Majah, and Ibn Kathir's tafsir. And also Abu Dawood and Ibn Kathir's tafsir mentions another report, Jabr radiyallahu anhu relates that the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, Dhaqatul janin, dhaqatul umni. The proper slaughter of the fetus is fulfilled with the slaughter of the mother. So this is lawful. Look how beautiful. Without the direct hadith of the Prophet is mentioned in the Quran. Ibn Umar ibn Abbas said this verse proves that it's lawful. <laughs> then the verse continues. Illa ma yutla alikum, except that which we will announce to you. So look how interesting. Allah Ta'ala says camels, cows, goats, sheep are halal for you. They're fetus as well. But then he says, Illa, accept that which I'm going to announce. Ibn Abbas said, in clarification, in Ibn Jarir, Ibn Kathir's tafsir, it refers to the flesh of dead animals, blood and the meat of swine. So if you've got a dead goat, haram. Blood is forbidden and the meat, of course, of swine. Qatada Rahmatullah said in Ibn Jarir, Ibn Kathir's tafsir, the meat of dead animals and animals slaughtered without the name of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala being pronounced at the time of slaughtering is also forbidden. So if you get any of those lawful animals, you don't slaughter with the name of Allah, it's forbidden for you. Then Ibn Kathir said, it appears, and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows best, that the verse refers to another verse, which is further on, verse 3, where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, forbidden to you are al-mayta, the dead, blood, the flesh of swine, what has been slaughtered as a sacrifice for other than Allah, and that which has been killed by strangling, or by a violent blow, or by a head full strong, or by the goring of horns, and that which has been partly eaten by wild animal. Ibn Kathir said, for although the animals mentioned in this verse are types of permissible cattle, they become impermissible under these conditions. So Allah Ta'ala mentions here, in verse 1, that all of the Bahima are lawful. Illa Mayutla Alaikum with the exceptions named. And in verse 3 he mentions what the exceptions are. But it's very important to highlight, it's also referring to the Sunnah. Rasulullah also prohibited certain things, types of animals. So when Allah says, Illa Mayutla Alaikum, except the exceptions, is the Quran and the Sunnah. So I'll recite the passage and we will conclude. Audhu billahi minash shaitanir rajeem Bismillahir rahmanir rahim Ya ayyuhal ladhina amanu awfu bil'uqood Uhillad lakum bahimatul an'am illa ma yutla alaykum 
We pray to Almighty Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that He makes the Quran the Rabbi of our hearts. Amen. And I pray to Almighty Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that He forgives me for any errors which I may have inadvertently put. Subhanahu wa ta'ala, 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 subhan